Alright. Already started with our second one. Make sure we have it. This is episode eighty two, hundred podcast. This has been a minute. It's been like a couple weeks for sure. I got Seth in for like the fourth time and Judd for the first time. Uh, so I, I guess I want to start out with talking about EXP Realty, man. Like what what got you guys into it? Like I think I've asked you like a million times probably. Yeah. Already, well, but well, you want me to start? Yeah, story? yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, the thing that we always start off with is like we want to tell our story. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. how it goes. So like my story would be this, I guess I would... I grew up going to, like, my whole idea was going to school, so stuff like that. So I graduated high school, I went to college, went through that. I got my AA, COD uh, for psychology, and I was going to transfer out. Then, like, fast forward, uh, COVID hit. So, like, when it comes time to transfer for me to go to a different college, I had to wait like that. Uh, I had to take six months off of school. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, in a dead period of just working both jobs. I was working at the Marriott, then I was working valet with Judd. So you did valet at the Cliff House and Arnold Palmer. So then kind of like a perfect timing, I guess I would say, is like COVID hit. And I actually lost both of my jobs for a second. Yeah. So valet shut down. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of stranded in the middle of like, like what do I really want to do? Like in a situation, should I go like the safe route? Because I did have I had an interview at the water district. I, I told you yeah, about that. Yeah. So I actually went through the interview at the water district. I got the second interview, and they called me back the second time. And that was when the same time that we were talking about at work about real estate. And it was kind of, I was like stuck in the middle. I was like, should I take the safe route of going? So you bet on yourself, kind of. Yeah, in pretty a way. Because like, like, the water district, obviously, like, it's, it's a, a it's good a, job, good career. It's a but, job that has like a ceiling to it, I guess you would say. Like, this is, it's a comfortable, like, you're going to be there. Yeah, and yeah. You could pretty much live out there until retirement. So then, between talking to him and another co worker, it was like, why are you going to go into something and be one foot in, one foot out type thing? So that's where it started as me jumping to the real estate when November of 20. 20 so then it took like a five six month process of just studying uh pretty much that i had my nose down in the books every that's day. kind of a quick turnaround bro i didn't know you it barely kinda, started doing the real estate in november so no- november that's then like, i got my license in april and that yeah. was uh the fastest i could ever do it so like you have to do a minimum of 18 no they do a minimum of seven eight weeks it was eight. Th- it's about eight. It was like three, two and a half week. The the coursework was three courses, three co- like college level courses, and each course the quickest you can get it done was two and a half weeks. So the mm. quickest you get the three done was like was it seven? seven yeah, ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like so like each time I finished a book, like two and a half weeks, like the next day I started the <clears> next <throat> chapter or the uh, next book. So I, I was just you. like the pretty much the fastest I can do is like I was doing that trying to just like get my license application sent to the state because that was like another two three month delay so that was probably COVID. most of the process so, like, then was just the thing yeah. about that though like you could go to school for eight weeks it's like the only career where you have less schooling than a hairdresser but the potential to make money is lawyer and doctor professional athlete level money yeah right like to be a doctor you have to go to school for eight years to be a lawyer it's like eight years right 
professional athlete. Right? You have to be on steroids. You have to be 6'9 and a physical specimen and all that. But, yeah. like, this gives you the option. Like, think about it. Where else can you take school for, like, a few weeks and have the opportunity to make millions of dollars? It's exactly. the only industry out there. So, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy when you think about it. Uh, th- that's what the whole thought process came in is, like, when I compare it to, like, the water dish or something, do I want to be comfortable or do I want to have something where I could really, like, put my max effort into them? Yeah, this is kind of a little off topic, but since you talked about it just a little bit briefly, do you think college was important for you? Like, when you went to college, not even maybe for the schoolwork, maybe for the experience or, like, for you growing up, do you think it was important or do you think that's not, like, a important, maybe not, I guess I community I, college is a little tough. I mean, I was still, I was going for psychology, so that was, like, my whole idea is, like, I didn't even know what I was, wanted to do. Yeah. It was, like, a maybe thing I was interested in criminal justice, because that's what it was, and I was, like, a criminal psychologist type thing. So, that was, like, things that, like, interest my mind, but, like, that mindset that I had during school to, like, right now is, like, two different things. Like, like way, yeah. Yeah, because it's, like, a... It's like, that's a, like a job and this is like uh, an entrepreneur that I work for myself type thing. So I'm going to like grind on my own. I'm not going to be, yeah, I'm not going to be working on someone else's schedule. I'm you're not like, like setting a square, you know, like you yeah, got to like, make it up all on your own. Yeah, that's, this is like making it up on my own and that's like following like some type of path, like them telling me type thing. Yeah. And that's what it kind of like, yeah, showing up to school was, I was showing up to school because I didn't know what else I wanted to do, pretty that's, much. So that's that's like how a, I was when I went to college. I feel the like the majority day. of the people are like that. It's like, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to just take business in college. Yeah, so I did criminal justice. I got an associate's in criminal justice. Yeah, it was like the so same shit. It was like, I felt like I should go to school, but I didn't know what I was going for, why I needed to go, or what my like career. Yeah, yeah, I was you like, to you got to go to school, you know? Yeah, and I'm still young, too, so like those two years that it took away from me was nothing... Like, it didn't yeah. harm my thing yeah. in any way. And you still got an associate's, right? You just yeah. said, so, like, so, it's still, it's cool, man. You got an associate's degree. Yeah, it's a win-win, I guess, but. You know, like, a personal accomplishment to, like, prove to yourself that you could see that process through, you know. Exactly, yeah. And I, you know, I, it's a great question, because, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, an anti-school guy. I'm not, like, an out there vocally telling people, don't go to school, but. I just think it's, you know, if, if especially if you're borrowing money to do it and putting yourself in debt, yeah, that was then, the, like, yeah. don't do it. And school, too, even even high school, man, it just, I feel like the, it needs a revamp for, like, a lot of pe- personalities, you know? It's not built for, like, business people or even, like, people that want to, you know, work for themselves. Yeah. It's like, you got to be a good worker. Almost yeah, that's pretty much. You're, sign, you're signing your life to work for someone else. Yeah, exactly. Even, like, the doctor thing or whatever, like, you got to go to eight years to just... That's the whole end goal is just be a doctor and, like, you got to go to the doctor office then every day. You know what I'm saying? It's then, like, damn, bro. Like Then, like, if you think of it as, like, people go to college for four years, they graduate with whatever degree, I don't know, say, like, a social... Bachelor's. Yeah, they have their bachelor's degree and they can't find a job when they graduate and they're making a minimum wage job when they exactly. get out type yeah. thing, it doesn't like, mean you're gonna get the career right when you get out then like no, this, there's no guarantees just because yeah. you have a degree right? then like the eight week school of like real estate you could go out and sell the house and probably make like just that eight weeks of school that was a five percent of the college price that you probably Man, took a big so ass loan out for is like a yeah universities for sure university that's that's something I would not 
I would not push for unless you have a scholarship or something. Obviously, right. do it. But if you're having to spend out of pocket, that's a lot of debt, man. It's yeah. a lot of, to I have, pay I'm, out of. Dude, I'm gonna be 46 this summer. I have a friend who I went to college with. He graduated. I I went to Kansas University, so like a Big 12 school. Yeah. So how do you feel about college? Because you actually had the, the university experience, experience. Yeah. Yeah. From like that perspective, like the experience was awesome. You know, probably helped like my social skills, like talking to girls, like. Yeah, you know, talking to pe- different people, it definitely helped and added value to my life. But like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to make money. So like, I just didn't want to be there. I wasn't interested, right? Like, yeah. I wasn't interested in anything I was learning outside of some history. But like, you know, Not I wasn't majority of it. Yeah, and like, really, it's like history. I'm interested in history too. But it's like, damn, how am I gonna make money off of knowing the, the history, teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah. History I mean, teacher, I that's get, it. But. <laughs> the future instead of tell you about the past then i'm like yeah, yeah exactly exactly but like I, I partied for two years in college like made lifelong friendships right so like totally worth it but as far as like you know my dad pissed away money for two years because i just came home that's probably the biggest thing right there is is like you said lifelong uh relationships it's like that i think the biggest is the biggest thing in college now especially going to build something or whatever is the networking it's just the people you meet the uh the different personalities because everybody's kind of from different areas, so that's that's where I think the university experience is huge. If I could f- go back in time, I would collect the phone number and email of every person I met to build my database over years. Right. For whatever I get into. Yeah, it exactly. Be real estate could be whatever I do. You want a database of contacts, and so yeah, I mean. And how easy would that have been? You know. Yeah. Like, right. Let me. You know. The technology wasn't around then, or like even some of the smartphones. I don't even know. Mm, probably not much. Like yeah, flip phones. But so Judd, what got you into the real estate? We just talked about it a little bit before. Yeah. So obviously, it has to do with the pandemic. So yes, COVID, totally COVID. Um, I had a valet business out here for almost a decade. I started it in 2013 at uh, Arnold Palmer's, and uh, and grew it and got. And got another big account and uh, pretty much ran with, with those two accounts for and did some small parties weddings along the way but like ran with that and was getting comfortable making what I was making working as little as I was working yeah you know I I, I was content right I was happy comfortable comfortable yeah just uh, not too motivated but comfortable and so so, well, yeah. if you if you had a business running successfully for almost a decade, like you're pretty much you probably had, were had it handled, yeah. you know. Yeah, I did. I, mean, I, I guess I shouldn't short sell myself. I mean, I was motivated, but I just well, I guess I wasn't motivated to grow it too much yeah. beyond what I had already built, uh, just because my you know my stress level and finances were. I was comfortable where I was at, so like I just didn't want to take on more more stress. on your plate. Like yeah, I had an opportunity and actually bid on a hotel. To where I would have been providing valet services 18 hours a day, just over the graveyard. They were gonna, you know, relieve him of our, you know, of our duties, and then we'd come back super early in the morning. So, from my perspective, like I'm open seven days a week, 18 hours a day, you know, that would have been too much. So I was yeah. like, okay, I priced it really high that if I got it, it would have been worth it. But I almost priced it out myself out. Because I didn't want to stress 18 hours a day. Yeah, you almost wanted to make sure you weren't going to get the Pretty yeah, much. Like, yeah. The bid, yeah. yeah, but, you know, I certainly wanted to, like, be on the radar. Because, like, you know, people travel and they leave one job, go to another. So, like, you want to create good relationships with people in case you get more opportunity when they go to different jobs. But So I was just comfortable with what I had. And then COVID hit. And, like, you know, 
overnight. Just my income stream was completely gone. Uh, we didn't know when it would be back. I had like expectations, this will be a few months. And you know, here we are like almost a year and a half later. Then like Cliff House still isn't open. Yeah, so and one like of my accounts still isn't even open for valet. So, jeez, Cliff yeah. House still closed? Cliff House is, is well, open for business. Valet is not open. Valet uh, has been closed since, I told you, since March. Like, that, yeah. was, that was March. And that's kind of a weird like a weird job to open, you know, because you got people like getting in and out of your car or whatever, and people yeah. are going to make that like a well, right. It a was very a very safety issue, you know. When we first came back to Palmer's, people were um, some people would come up to us and they'd be like, they'd go park, and then when they come up, they walk by us and be like, oh, it's nothing personal. We just don't want people in our cars. And I'm like, but ten people are about to cook your food, and another few are going to serve you, but you didn't want one person in your car. I, mean, I, I understand, right? Yeah, like, exactly. But in the beginning, like when we first opened up, because the state was like going back and forth in the beginning, we would have we had like plastic steering wheel covers and shift lever covers. Mm. For a minute, we were wearing gloves, and then I stopped that. Um, you, you guys know. are going above and beyond like everybody else. Yeah, we were trying to, but at the end of the day, I've you know it, it turned out that the majority of the people that were coming out to the restaurants were like no fear. That's why they were coming out. They didn't care that we were getting in their car. Especially, yeah. especially on a Palmer. The majority of the crowd that goes there is like a, they don't give a shit anyway. They're just happy to be out at dinner again. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that all, that all stopped. Night. Man, it all stopped in like March and then for like three months all I was doing was like the PPP thing, uh, you know, trying to get on unemployment as fast as I could looking for any like government help for business owners out there and then in june um i don't know if you saw the last dance that uh nba docuseries about the bulls and oh the yeah, yeah yeah they released it in june they pumped it they bumped it up because it could have been a lot less episodes yeah but okay they moved it, <laughs> Fucking well, they moved mj's it the goat we get it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's my guy but so he uh they bumped it up because it was a pandemic. They knew they'd get a high viewership if they put it in June, right? Yeah. So they put it in June, and then, so I started talking to my friends a little bit more because I grew up in Chicago in the 90s, so we're all watching this shit. Like, it was our backyard yesterday. Damn, you grew I mean, up in Chicago in the 90s. Lived through it all. No wonder that's your guy. I'll give you a, well, I mean, I you grew get up. To some Michael I'll Jordan get to the Michael stuff later. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. I, I grew up next door to him. Whoa! Place. Not like here's his house, here's mine, but here's his down the street. Here's You're like in the na- like right in the street neighborhood, yeah. 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 So I don't want to get too off topic. Wow. Yeah, so I'm a little biased. You know, <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. Especially with how the Lakers looked yesterday. Yeah, you know, I can and see the LeBron that. thing. So it is what it is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, so. I started talking, one of the buddies I was talking to was my uh, lifelong friend. I've known him since I was in sixth grade when he moved to town, Brian Colhane. Uh, I've kept in touch with a lot of my friends over the years that I you know, that I grew up with. And uh, a lot of them live in different states. Obviously, I'm from Illinois, Chicago. Uh, Brian happens to live in Arizona, but we used to, he used to have these debate emails where we debate politics, philosophy, uh, religion, Things like that. So we've always stayed in touch. And about 12 years ago, I was actually selling promotional items, like shirts with logos, pens with logos and shit. And I sold him, like, a bunch of pens and shirts and these little coins. And it was, like, the first EXP swag that Mm. they ever bought. And at the time, we were sitting there having dinner with his family. He's like, Tom, just go get your license. Just, like, just get it in case. Right? Like, 
we're building a brokerage here. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be awesome. Like cool. we're, cha- we're changing the <laughs> whole fucking. Cool. We're changing the whole like the whole industry is gonna be turned on its head for what we're doing. And I'm just like, sounds great. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah like, right, good luck, man. I, I want nothing but the best for you. That's awesome. But so fast forward to the June during the last dance series, like we talked, and he told he's like, just go get your license. Like, let me tell you a little bit about what's happened to the company since we last talked about it. Right. Now they're a $100 billion company. They went public. Um, you know, at that point, they had like 30,000 agents now, whereas 10 years ago when I was talking to him, they were probably like under 500, maybe 1,000 nationally. Mm-hmm. So so I did. I got my license, and um, my wife and I went out and got our license, and we and that's what led us to EXP. It was COVID, a couple conversations, and, you know, a little Damn, bit of motivation. What a... It really wasn't anything. It was just like... What a childhood, bro. It's just weird. You grew up by MJ. Your other buddy is part of a hundred, what is it, hundred billion dollar company? Billion, the fourth largest Jesus shareholder at a hundred billion dollar company. How was did he the first president of it? He was the first president. He was also in charge of growth. And uh, for three years, he headed the growth uh, division, I believe. He was one of the founding team members. So, yeah, I mean, he, I think he was like the second agent number two or three or four, something like that. High up there, it doesn't matter at that yeah. point. What so. made you all, like, because from what it seems like, I don't know what, from the beginning, like, what your jobs were or whatever, but from what it seems like, you've always been, like, entrepreneurial, business-like. Like, so what? what's made you be like that, where you're a business owner, you want to work for yourself? What, is there anything in your childhood or growing up that caused you to be that way? Probably just being around it. Like, I grew up with, like, a lot of my friends' dads had their own businesses. Right? Gotcha, so, like, yeah. you know, there was, like... I had a friend who, you know, my, his dad was in real estate. Maybe I had a friend whose dad was in, my dad was in the automotive industry. Like, I had a, a dad who, you know, a friend whose dad was in sales, a friend whose dad worked for the city of Tor. Like, they just had built their own business. They basically all worked for themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and that yeah, was probably yeah. attractive to me, but it didn't really kick in until, until probably I started in 2013. Because I let, I, I grew up in Chicago and, um, like, I left when I was 32. I moved out to, like, Orange County, Dana Point. I just wanted to slow slow my pace down. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was not really entrepreneurial-minded uh, up until I got out here. And then I realized, like, I'm not in Chicago. I don't have connections. I don't have resources like I used to have. I got to carve out my own lane. So that's kind of the mentality that I have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And I'll, at the end of the day, it's just amounted to talking to people. Like, the yeah. more of the... More the more conversations. Our boss says all the time, like, the most conversations wins. You know, you don't know what you don't know. So until you have a conversation, you just don't know. You exactly. don't know the possibility. You know, don't know the opportunity. You don't know if you talk to somebody what that guy might be looking for or what the problems are in, in his life or business and how you could fix that or add value to that. So I just started talking to people, and um, I, I kind of, like, got a position in the valet. Right, like I started parking cars uh-huh. in the summer, and then I saw some problems that I thought I could fix. So I started approaching the restaurants and saying, "Hey, you know, I think we can do a better job. Hire me." <laughs> wow. You know, so you went so, in, yeah. learned the business, and then did it yourself. Yeah, yeah, learned the business, and and then took it over. And then now, now especially with the real estate, I feel like that that goes full circle you know like you need to network you need to talk to people that's the way you sell, sell houses right like yeah. you gotta you have to get a 
collection of people, a clientele. There's so many little like one-liners, you know, but they're all like just pure gold. You yeah. Know? We hear them a lot in our meetings and whatnot, but like your your network is your net worth, right? Who you surround yourself with is is like your value. Yeah. Right? And you know, so if you're surrounding yourself with a lot of struggling people, that's not wrong or bad, but you're kind of leveling down, right? And if you're surrounding yourself you never want to be the smartest guy in the room, right? Like you, you, there's always opportunity to learn. So if you surround yourself with more successful people, um, then you're just going to level up inherently through like osmosis. Yeah, exactly. Just, just being around and learning from them, talking, just their their vibes almost. Like yeah, yeah. it makes it like and that's the word, the vibrations. Like big into vibrations. Like people put off vibrations, and and I think it's like you pick up on those you vibrations, sure. you know. Yeah. Say, yeah, I've never even met like have any of them in person. Right. You get me? But like, you probably feel like I listen to them like on Clubhouse. I like I listen to them on Clubhouse. Uh, you listen to them. Weekly, I mean, I chat bro. with them on Instagram or something like that. But like physically, I've never met them in person. But they like rub off from Arizona, Chicago, Florida. They're like hundreds yeah, of like, thousands of miles yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. And you can just feel that every time they talk, they bring like that. What was that like a positive frequency over the thing, where it's like it just like. Yeah, it's like you just... They make you feel like, damn, like, what are you doing? Not in a bad way, but, like, you could be doing so much more for yourself. Uh, just, like, why keep, settle keep for moving. Yeah, yeah keep like, moving. why are you chilling? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like, I like I said, like, being out here, you know, I come from fast-paced, massive population, seasons, construction, traffic, fucking sick of it all. I come out here, I've got sunshine blue skies, very little traffic, right? So I'm like, I'm digging this lifestyle, but then COVID hit and it's like, okay, I didn't realize how close I was to losing everything. Like, you know, some crazy freaking disease comes on the planet and like my life is turned upside down. So it kind of changed my mindset. I don't want to be comfortable anymore. I yeah. want, I want to be rich. Like I want, and I want financial yeah. freedom. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, straight up, like there's yeah. no, there's no sugarcoating this. Like, nah, exactly. You I want to be successful, be rich. And, and, and that's the direct way of saying it. But what I want is like the financial freedom that comes with having stability and and money, and being, you know, essentially being rich. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that's that's what I'm shooting for now. And Doing what you want, when you want, and that's really the want. goal. That's why I want to be rich, man. The exact same goal is just so I can do what I want to do, man. Like so I can do the things I enjoy. No one can tell to... you when you can do it. There's just things like that. Right, exactly, like, I want to man. Leave the my kids where they want to go. We can go, you know, you like can shoot do what like you that. Want, yeah. Who you want to do it with, and where you want to take it, and those three things. Like yeah. you can do what you want, who you want to do it with, and where you want to go. And and like honestly, it's a you know. I definitely want all that stuff, right? But, like, and I'm learning more and more from my mentors, like, that's not enough. Like, once you attain, because, like, the human mind latches onto a pro the next biggest problem and makes yeah. that bigger, right? Like, exactly. You pay off all your debt, you think you're probably. You got a new over, thing now. You got a new thing, yeah. right? That you'll just latch onto. So, what I'm noticing is, is, like, a lot of people in our orbit who attain the success that, like, we're trying to get, they want to give back that somehow feeds them right if it gives them fulfillment to give back what was given to them and yeah. so all these people that we talk about that are super successful and wealthy dude, they're grinding every day to help like people below them achieve the same level of success so that's, that's the that's like the culture of exp 
it's like a, it's just a supportive collaborative culture there so it's like very non-competitive like Seth and I are competitors in a sense we're both competing in the same market for the same people yeah. so like if he gets a listing and I don't that's I lost money he making money right but with at EXP the culture is way more collaborative and people work together and so it's um it's more like if he got the house well that's good it was for EXP and it we're but a team. We're more of a team than If he I, sells a house, EXP helps. makes money, right? EXP makes money. The stock price goes up. I'm an agent owner, which means I'm an agent shareholder. I have a, you know, there's a lot of equity opportunities in buying and selling homes. You can become a shareholder in the company. So the better he does, the better I do. So I want him to do better. So yeah. that's what the supportive culture like is is all about. And that's what that was like on the clubhouse this morning, like Pat Hayes. Yeah. When he was like, he was in between. Not really in between, but he was sitting down with the Keller, Keller Williams agent and EXP. Well, not EXP. He was already committed, but he was sitting down with the Keller Williams agent, and he was just saying like, uh, "I'm gonna ask you like three questions on like uh, why, if you can like present this opportunity, is like, am I gonna be able to invest in stock in your company?" And he's like, "No, like that's way too. Uh, we're not even public. We don't have a stock, whatever. So that's what EXP provides, and it's." Uh, the second one he was asking is, am I going to be able to make like passive income and able to get what a hundred percent on uh, commission stuff? Yeah. Then he was like, no, like that's way too expensive. I can't do that. Then I forgot what the third one he said, but it's like a typical brokerage can't provide can't the same shit for you. Really, you're only going to be making money selling houses, but EXP allows you to make money off like the passive income. It makes you uh, stock stock shares. Like everything is like, just allows you to make way they're, more money. They're more in involved with you. They're more trying to push their their agents. Yeah, yeah so mean, that's they, when he was saying about like uh, like we're in the same market, two real estate agents, but we're like supporting each other. Is because of like if I sell a house, um, in his downline, which I guess we'll we'll sure we'll explain later, but like I'm in his downline, so every house I sell is actually helping him. But yeah, then yeah, it's yeah, yeah so. Then the people that come to me, they sell house, they help, but it's not under their commission. It's under the broker. It's coming out of the company's pocket, so it has nothing to do with like their yeah, money. Yeah, so yeah. it's like a, a way of just every time we ask people, or mention it, it's like to help them, uh, and, provide uh, and, opportunity to their life, not really ours. That's yeah, how I see exactly. It. And I feel like it, it just makes it more of a camaraderie, you know, like just more of a team effort because obviously if. You sell a house and he doesn't. He's not able to get it. At least he still gets a part of it. Or then, or an agent under you, not a part of it from your commission, but a part of yeah, it. Yeah, he can help me. Right, I right. can help him. It goes like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, circle, right. full circle. Yeah, it's not one on one. Fuck! If you're all selling houses, then you're all doing good. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. Matter. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, like selling houses, you're doing good. Yeah. But you're not just making money from selling houses at EXP if you're selling houses, right? Like, at most traditional brokerages, like you, you know, there's a commission split. You sell a house, you get your commission split, the brokerage gets their commission split. Yeah. That's it. Right? But at EXP and 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 Brian, my friend, he, he always like holds up his phone and he's like, you know, if I was gonna try to t- explain EXP, it's like saying, Explain your iPhone. Like you can't just explain an iPhone. It's There's hard. so many functions, right? But the three things that EXP has, like on a in a general sense that um, you know, most other brokerages do not uh, is the revenue share. Some brokerages have profit share, but not revenue share, right? And not all brokerages are profitable. 
So if you're not profitable, there's nothing to share. Great. Yeah, exactly. Monthly. Mm -hmm. So there's always revenue to share. So and there's a lot of companies that aren't profitable. There's a lot. I mean, you like, know, a lot of big companies didn't make money for years, even yeah. like some of the dot coms. Even uh, Tesla for a minute. I remember back when Amazon went public, like they were they were losing, they were just spewing money like every year. They were losing billions and billions of dollars. So, um, so you have your 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 commission split, your revenue share, and then um, but the commission split is you know pretty standard. The revenue share is not. You have, and then you have equity opportunities, which which is the agent owners. Like we're owners, we we actually care about how the stock performs, how the company's earnings perform. Um, so there are five ways where you can earn equity just by buying and selling houses. So you can earn stock just by doing what you are doing. Uh, one of the ways is when you close your first transaction of the calendar year, uh, you get two hundred dollars in EXP stock for free. When your sponsors mm -hmm. close their first transaction, you get $200 as well, okay? When I sell a house or buy a house and earn a commission, I can choose to take 5% of my commission in the form of EXP stock. So instead of getting dollars, I would get shares of stock, but I would get the stock at a 10% discount of current market price. So immediately you're making 10%. You're immediately up. You're immediately, immediately up. Whoa. The other way, that's kind of cool. Yeah. There, another way is, so when there's something called capping in real estate, right? So that means that if you sell about five million dollars worth of homes, right? Like say you sell one five million dollar house, or you sell five million dollar houses, however you want to cut it. If you sell about five million in gross commission, um, then the you cap, okay? And you and so so capping means that. The twenty percent split that goes to the brokerage that equated to sixteen thousand dollars. You've paid them. You've made enough money in commissions that the brokerage made sixteen thousand. Okay. If you do an additional twenty transactions beyond that, then they give you the sixteen grand back in the form of EXP stock. Sixteen thousand dollars of EXP stock wow. given back to you just for producing. So they incentivize buying and selling homes even more yeah, by yeah. saying, "Here, go sell. You know, go do this and reach this milestone. All that money you've been paying us, the twenty percent you've been paying us, we'll give it back to you. We're going to give it back to you in stock, which so, is a like a long, four, like a I don't know, four hundred one k. Yeah, pretty much a stock. You have something building on its own without you. Yeah, exactly. And then you're just putting in your own money. Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah. you're creating. Income, but so EXP is a wealth creation machine. It's not about it's. You're essentially you're running your own business, right? You're you're an agent owner, so it, it it takes it takes like the old boutique, like the broker model, and and plugs it into their model. Essentially, I'm a broker uh, builder instead of a broker owner because say I bring in five agents, right? So I bring in five people right under me, but then each of them brings in five. So I have five in my front line, and then they bring in five each. So there's 25 in my second line. I'm collecting commissions off of every single person, off of every one of their transactions. And I don't have to uh, insure them. I don't have to get, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I don't have to pay for an office for them. I could if I wanted to, if they were local. Uh, but I don't have any of the liabilities or expenses that a typical broker has if they want to be, a, you know, have their own brokerage. This model allows you to kind of plug that into EXP, take away all the liabilities and risk, 
but maintain the income and ability to create wealth. Uh, and that's through the revenue share and the equity, right? Mm -hmm. So the revenue share is the coolest part. Like, that's yeah. the coolest part about it. And also, what's up with the tech? With the XP, because isn't that the whole... The cloud? And that's the whole, that's that's the the, whole difference, right? Yeah, so I know you see me as like a... I log in my laptop, and it's cloud a cloud-based brokerage, so everything's on the computer, right? Go click the application, and it sends me to this virtual, which I call the university, and you could pretty much do every from, everything from there, so that's where our Cool Hand Company suite is upstairs, so if you go and click whatever, go to your private suite, and that's where he has... I don't know how many offices he has in there, but that's where we have our wow. business meetings every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So, but everything's on the virtual. Computer. Yeah. So you log in, you it's go to the virtual. suite, you literally walk in with your keypad, you go and sit down at a at the I don't know the table, yeah. and there's a guy sitting at the front with all the presentation boards, like talking to you. So it's like you're. Are you if you're if you're like doing. If you're doing a deal, does that happen online as well? Is that happening? Like, let's say you're selling a house. Like, can any of that happen online? Well, you're like your your transactions and your because you you know there's a lot of paperwork involved. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, you go you do go online to maybe talk to your managing broker. You have to talk to a broker because we have uh, state brokers in every state. Got you. Um, that are you know they're not franchise brokers. They're not working for themselves. They're working for EXP, but. We have to have brokers, how you know, have a license in every state to do business. So in California, the more people, the more agency XP has in that state, the more brokers available. So, you know, technically, if you had a question about processing the transaction or even doing some paperwork, or uh, you needed to run something by your broker, you can. So you do go in there, but they their technology platform. There's something called uh, EXP Enterprise that everybody gets when they log yeah. in, and that gives you access to. Um, the software called Skyslope, which is where when you're doing a business, when you're buying or selling a home, that's where all of the you know the paperwork and documents you will need are housed, so you can. Interesting. You know, it's all it's all online essentially. Yeah, so that's that's the difference. Is it's just the brokerage online basically? They put it all on the yeah. internet. Yeah. So that's what, what he was mentioning earlier. Like you don't have to pay like the office fees, the rent fees, so you don't have to pay the paper, the ink, whatever. Yeah. Like all fees you have to do is everything is online. That brings up like the point I was I don't know I was scrolling through the scrolling through the the cloud and you could hear people around you like nationally and there was a guy from Missouri going up to like the tech support yeah or the the information guide and she he was just asking like uh I need like a listing agreement printed <laughs> for the state of Missouri Dude, and she so said crazy. oh send, she said click this yeah click this and I'll send you to someone that can help you print that for the state of Missouri. So then they go and they just shoot off and it's like, what the they could help anyone across the it's state. Dude, I mean, they're, that they're, is wild. We're now in, I don't know the number now, but I mean, we're global. We're in India, we're in uh, Spain. Mexico, Spain, Colombia, Brazil. Uh, 55,000 was Germany. the last update. Yeah, uh, I mean, but and that's the reason why. So the company has an 80-20 split. You sell a house, you make 10,000 in commission, you keep eight, the broker gets two. They only keep really about half of that. Because 50% of the 20% goes is what they're using for their rev share. That's how they're paying their agents, right? So, like, if he sells a house, I get 3.5% of his commission. That comes out, that's about 10% of the 20%. So, essentially, they're only making about, you know, 10% after they pay out their rev share. 
the reason they're able to do that and give back so they don't much, have all that brick and mortar. There you go. Yeah, that's like those mobile banks now. Yeah. How everything's just turned to they don't even have any brick and mortar spots. They have just everything online. And yep. you, pa- you pass it on in this case, you know, to the agents. You know, in a in a, in a in a business, you would pass that savings on an online. You know, an online business might be cheaper than a brick and mortar. Well, because they're passing the savings on to you for not being in the business of owning real estate, which can be expensive, especially if you're leasing property. So that's where that's where that money comes from. Basically. So you guys have both you guys have both passed your test, right? Your real estate. Yeah, we're so, both in the. I don't know if we're both on the same process, pretty much, but we're like getting the ongoing of. Yeah, like yeah, what are the next your, what are the next steps for till you guys can like go out and like. I don't know, balls to the wall. And I guess me personally is like I'm waiting to for my business cards and I just need to send, I need to make a mess with my name. So I was just like blasting it everywhere and I plan on going like door oh, knocking and stuff like shit you, like that. But you. I'm just, just waiting on a couple there. things. But yeah, eventually the term that we've, or he's actually introduced me is like burn the ships. So it's like he did that. He, he, Got the business, uh, the valet business is like behind him. And then he's going like full real estate, so it's like eventually I'm gonna have to quit my jobs and just so I can full on, full on, yeah, hundred percent, full on go, hundred percent in, because it's like how can people count me as like reliable if I'm not even hundred percent in myself type yeah. thing? So it's like a, I guess I, I like I know what I'm doing, but like in a, like in a month or two, that's when I'm just gonna like go shoot the shits, yeah, just. And there's so much training and support. I mean, at the end of the day, real estate agents are independent contractors, right? Like, we all work for ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, although the training and support is there, you know, nobody's really going to hold your hand, right? Like so, yeah. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's a coaching up. It's a mentoring business. But ultimately, it's a go-getter, right? Like, you kind of... You, like I did in the valley, you got to find like you know a way to carve a lane. You got to find a way to generate leads, right? And there's um, you know within EXP we have the system called KB Core, which is like normally if you're not with EXP it's five hundred dollars a month, so it could be six hundred six thousand bucks a year. But we get it for free with our monthly dues, which at EXP is only eighty five bucks a month. To join so, EXP is yeah. one hundred forty nine dollars, and then eighty five dollars a month, and that's it. That's you know, desk fees. There's some transaction fees when you close a deal, uh, but that's even capped at 500 bucks for the year. So, um, you know, it's it's the technology, the people, the resources are there, and then ultimately you've got to. It, it still has elements of like the olden days. You got to get on the phone. You got to call people. Yeah. You know, you got to everywhere you go. You've got to look at it as a potential opportunity to just hey, talk to somebody yeah, and let them know you're in real estate. And every career, man, that's what people don't understand. There's, there's a grind to it. And that's every what, career, yeah, bro. So that's Even what, if you like your job. It's yeah, like, that's what makes it tough is, like, how I was, like, in when I was studying, I was doing everyday type, uh, like, eight weeks, I was on the thing, and so I was just doing super fast. Yeah, But yeah. it's, like, once you pass your test, and it's, like, a, like, hold up, like, you can't just... You're not just jumping in. You don't have ten. Yeah, I can't. I can't just bed. like go like that and be like, I want to sell you a house. Yeah, I mean, you you don't it's just hard. It. I don't know. I don't have people in my contact list to. Yeah. After now, it's like a whole new process of I have to go and find people. Mm. So it's like I can't. I can't really rush myself like too much. Yeah. Like I have to get that through my head that it's like a it's a slow process. 
not slow, but it's not a yeah. It's not a next even day you, thing where it's like that. Let's uh, say you do talk to people even, and you don't want to sound like you need to fucking sell the house to them. You know what I'm saying? Too. Yeah. So like you gotta you gotta like just you know put it in their head or whatever, and then just like wait it out, and, and that's where they call say, you later about it. Yeah, basically. exactly. So that's where we say like most conversations win. So it's like you just talk to someone and you bring up that you're a real estate agent. And maybe somehow you can get the contact info, and that can help you like six months down the road. It doesn't have to yes. help you tomorrow, next month. Yeah. I think that the average thing is like, uh, if I were to contact someone, the average window is like forty-five days later, of like an actual transaction or something. Mm. So it's not like a next week thing. So that's what makes it like nothing's right now. You should be patient. Yeah, you, you have to be patient. patient. You have to yeah. have some patience. Like, you're you're gonna work through your friends and family pretty quick. You know, like exactly, and, yeah. and not all of them are like chomping at the bit to uproot their, yeah, their exactly. lives and just move because you're a real estate agent all of a sudden, right? So like, you know, you work through your your friends and family. You know, you're blasting on Facebook, but at the end of the day, it's a lead it's a lead driven business, and you know, you've got to go get it. You've got to make calls. You've got to call. There are there's a lot of software available to to us, you know, in technology to provide leads and you know tell us which listings are expired. You know, so we can call them and say, hey, you know, I noticed your li- whatever the script is, I noticed your listing is expired, and I'd love an opportunity to come see your house and see if I can list it and get you what you're asking for, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of different, uh, like, target demographics to go after if you want to, or you can just spread it out, but ultimately it comes down to, like, picking up the phone and calling people, right? Like, it's calling yeah. people and trying to represent, just trying to get, you know, the go-ahead to get their representation, or at least just get in front of them right like just an opportunity to set up a meeting to come view the property and have a you know the opportunity to be the listing agent you know or you know if you have a friend who's been renting for 10 years you know you hope that they call you when they want to buy you know that's you know whatever the case is you just have to keep putting it out there and talking to people and calling people like you said dude it's like it's a grind right it's just slowly build that network yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking with a guy who said it took him years to build. He's got a database of like 600 people, and it's taken him years to put that together. You know, but Jesus, how how do you feel like growing up in Chicago has helped you as like growing up in that? Because it's cold ass weather, and, you know. And then you're in a big city, so it's probably a little wild. And then you come out here, and it's like, yeah, not near as much going on. I'm sure. Dude, like, I needed to come. Yeah, <laughs> I needed to come here. Yeah, Jesus. I was partying pretty hard when I was in Chicago. Like, I, um, I was, I was raised like in the northern sub, like northern suburbs of Chicago. So not like really downtown city. I'm not like a city kid. Okay. Like, people from around Chicago just say Chicago. So like, when I tell people here, I usually say Palm Springs because it's just more noticeable. People know what Palm Nobody Springs is. Not many people yeah. might know La Quinta, but so like my dad was in the automotive industry. I dropped out of college my so- after my sophomore year, came home, worked for him. So I was 19, uh, did okay, because he was my dad. Moved downtown when I was 21, and by the time I was, like, 27, I was, like, burning fumes. Yeah, like, I gotta get the fuck out of this place. Yeah, like, I was, I was clubs, you know, doing the whole nightlife thing. I was more concerned about partying than I was about, you know, business or relationships or being healthy and... Uh, so that's what ultimately got me to move out of Chicago, just because like I couldn't slow down there. Mm. It just was like you know, at a certain age, I was like, okay, 
I can't press the brakes here, so I need to like get the hell out. Yeah. And uh, I had family in California, so I was like, I'd been out to Orange County a couple times, so I was like, I'm just gonna go out there. And uh, the slow, like the slower pace, is what I was seeking. But it definitely helped me, right? Like I feel like I can turn the Chicago on when I need to, right? Like. You can turn that energy on. And just yeah, I can turn that energy on. I have that experience to draw on always, you know. And, and even, like, I would say not so much being in Chicago, but, like, working for my dad in the family business. Um, we He owned a, a leasing company. And so our his niche was leasing cars to corporations, mainly, in the Chicagoland area. Okay. So, say, you know, you had a, you know, you're a dentist, and there's five people at your practice, you know, yeah, some company cars. So you get some company cars, right? And uh, but you know, you want good service. You want you know, your daughter comes in town. She you know, she needs a car to borrow. Call us, right? If you need an oil change, just go to work. Call us. We'll pick it up at your office. Bring it back to you before you go home. If we can't get it back to you before you go home, we'll bring you a free loaner to go take home, right? So a real niche, like service-based leasing company. And so we didn't have a dealership. We just had a like an office building and a lot. But I'd say like what helped me most was just like sitting in there, like being there. Yeah. Because I didn't know shit, and I'm sitting in meetings with like bankers. You're just seeing the business, the back end, the real day to day terms. Work. Like what does that mean? You know, what he said this. What does that mean? How does that apply? Like, gotcha. And stuff like that. So fi- a lot of financing. Uh, uh, so you got to see business pretty quickly at a young age. Pretty quickly at a young age. I was exposed to it, and so I didn't necessarily fall in love with it, but I was definitely, like, interested, you know? Like, I didn't want to be in the car business for the rest of my life, but I like business. Yeah. I like the business side of it. You like some of the skills you you got taught from that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So what's up with you guys in Ice Bass now? So what's What's the fucking deal, you fucking... So that that goes all the way back to... I'm a sauna Dude, guy. You guys like the sauna? I fucking love the sauna. I love I the sauna. Love I they're all closed now, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, going to open up on, well. Oh, they're going to open up the sauna? Well, June 15 is like the the, the target date. Really? Yeah. yeah I've I been waiting on it. Just rejoin, bro. Just rejoin. Just for that Let's reason. Go. I yeah, love the sauna. The sauna is like my daily thing. It's so good for you. Yeah. Physically. Yeah, exactly. Just well, that. Yeah. It's all of it out, man. But like the cold vest goes back to, well, I guess I heard it from you. I don't even know where it's started oh. Brian or oh. I, mean, I know I got it from Brian well yeah like, so I'm sure that's, what, that's where it started but it was yeah. like a, then there's a ice ice bath cold fusion club is what they call it like on Facebook it really is and you go on there and there's people that like uh, well the whiff the Wim Hof method so that's like the guy like he calls himself the ice man okay so he literally goes and like Mother Nature type thing and go take a dip. And he's in like, like a frozen pond dude, or some shit. Like an Everest barefooted. Yeah, like shit like that. Like it doesn't with no shirt and no shoes. So like yeah, he'll go it's in crazy. a frozen pond. You know what's so like crazy is how trendy it. Mount Everest got. How many <laughs> yeah. people do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. it's Everybody like everybody has their own personal Sherpa now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like an, a celebrity thing now. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, so when when it was a when I don't know how he. I mean, I know how Brian got onto it. He got onto it because he had a he had an accident, broke his hip. He's six four. He was like three hundred plus pounds. He's fucking unhealthy. So he decided to you know turn his life around, and this was introduced into his world. Uh, but 
you know, like as an athlete, you know, athletes been doing this shit forever. I mean, I used to football, football. Like, yeah. yeah, for football, like everyone does it, but I guess the difference is like for football, I did it too, but that was for like a physical part. It that was, was for to recovery, like, right? It was to repair your body right. after four hour practice. Who knows in the fighters? Exactly. Fighters been sitting in horse troughs with ice for decades. Yeah, right? like. And just they, so they can train that hard the next day. Yeah. So, but yeah. like the di- I guess the difference is, is like they, uh, this. Are you guys doing it just for your mental? For both. Well, because we both like work out. We both do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I do weight training. Me physically. Yeah. Clearly. So I do weight yeah. training. He does like uh, fighting training. He goes running stuff like that. So both different type of things. But we do it for the physical part. Then like the mental part where it helps your breathing. And there's actually science behind it where. It, releases the endorphins it releases like foggy brain and like the frontal lobe type thing it clears up your mind and it actually does like a lot of health benefits so like weight loss your immune system builds up so there's like a lot of underlying benefits that like people don't know about it and like if you really try it for shit i don't know like three to five minutes like you would get out and you're actually gonna feel like that's how i feel every time feel better like you feel feel like 100 percent when you get out yeah i can see that clear like I can see definitely the mental benefits because then you're you're in there and you're not thinking about much except for fucking you don't have surviving the yeah. cold. Yeah, yeah you I just set a timer and like sit in there literally. Then it's yeah. like uh, the Miles Lucas guy is like when you start like when you sit in there for so long, your body gets uh, it builds like a warm layer around it. Exactly. So it's like you actually want to start moving around again. So like get your body cold. Oh really? Yeah. So like you don't want to just get used to it and get numb. Cause then the little warm little. Then it's like it's not doing anything. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you want to like pop that little warm bubble and just like let the fucking ice hit you again. So then it's uh, uh and it takes the like, breath out of you. It lowers your heartbeat. It's like uh It simulates. Your body doesn't know, but like it simulates you're about to freeze to death. Yeah. So you're basically. You're putting yourself in a position where your your body's gonna think that whether you want it to or not, and so all the blood immediately rushes from like the reason why your fingers burn and your toes burn. I've told one is because all of the blood leaves your smaller. Trying to keep you alive. Yeah, it goes to your big organs, right? It goes to your you know your functioning big main organs. So the blood just rushes out, and then you get the burning sensation. But at about two to three minutes is when like the science kicks in, and your body's like, okay. We're not freezing. We're not dying. Everybody go back to where you came from. <laughs> you know? uh, so the blood gets back in your fingers, and you you get some sensation back. You get your feeling back. Uh, the pain goes away. Um, you know, it still feels cold, but that's kind of like the science behind it. You know, it actually, and then like Seth says, obviously, like your immune system, your lymph system, it helps your white blood cells. It's there's other things like you said. We're in a like a clubhouse room where we learn a lot of stuff. And people in there talk about, like, it's good for mental health, it's good for, like, skin, uh, it's good for um, other diseases that I don't know about. Yeah, just like the, it's just like almost like the opposite of the sauna, you know, just like taking your your body to the edge a little bit and letting it it have to, you know, suffer for a minute. Because that shit shit actually hurts, too, like your toes, like, it's like your, I can't even describe it. Dude, my, I have one, I got one toe, like, this toe. (laughs) Burns like somebody's lighting up, like a, a, a yeah, lighter just right under yeah, and it's, it. And it's like on three minutes it stops. But like you're right, it's it's for me. I love that I get like physical benefits from it, but I'm doing it for the mental. Yeah, like I'm doing yeah. it for the mental because I don't like doing it. I, I mean, I kind of do now, but 
it's like you do you know what you're getting yourself into so you're you not as like yeah, it's like, not fuck I'll just this, put this like, way yeah. I like doing it but it's, it's not like it's not fun right it's like clearly it's clearly not fun yeah. right so like you're yeah, doing something yeah, and you, exactly. so your mind has to stay like focused and like you said it's um you can't think about anything else except breathing so if you want to shut out the noise right if you're stressed if you're anxious you're in school and you got three papers due, or and you got a and you got a job too. Like they say, it helps with like depression. Like that's why like I need that. the sauna, man. Dude, that's yeah. the, that shit is like you that's, jump in that you think ice. about just surviving the heat. I'm telling, that's like the same thing. Yeah. Just because you're you're you just concentrate on your breathing, and that's what like um, why a lot of people make like uh, like mo- say a mantra, like instead of cause you you know you make a noise. Yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Or, or whatever the noise might be. Yeah. Usa, usa, is because you're not thinking, you're you're just repeating the same thing over and over again. Just trying to get in the zone, almost. Yeah, so you're clearing your head, you're you know you're you're centering your thoughts, and you're actually getting rid of your thoughts because you're not thinking, you're just breathing, you're being. Yeah, I've so, seen your ice bath. How does that make you feel getting your ice bath? Because it looks like you're like in, like a fucking garden or some shit. Yeah. Like when you're doing it, so like does that feel? Does that help too? Also, yeah. like you're out in the fucking yeah. The fresh air and... So we rented this house, like, last year. Right before COVID hit, my wife and I rented a house in the cold. And I thought it was the goofiest shit ever. In the backyard, they have, like, a bocce ball court, which is, like, some Italian yeah. game with... I don't know. Try the, the ball the, close the, to the other ball, ball or whatever. The, yeah. The big ball to the little like ball. It's, like, shuffleboard-ish, kind of. I don't know how to explain it. Never played it. But um, there's a bocce ball court, and at the end of the bocce ball court is a fully functioning bathtub surrounded by, like... A gate and a bunch of citrus trees <laughs> so like my setup is awesome yeah. it's not mine but it's a you know i just turn the water on put some ice in and i sit in there and i've got like i could smell the citrus Man, birds are wild. chirping in the wilderness the sun's on my face it's like what yeah, a smart man. move by whoever owns that house because yeah, they put a lot. It of looks beautiful, stuff. man. Yeah, just from seeing the yeah, and there's people that do it different. Like there's uh there's a guy that or multiple people they have like a the outdoor the the freezers like a meat freezer that's oh, yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what we have a, a meat freezer we have a buddy Alfonso really? Camargo he's like my fuck he's like my spirit animal this dude like does all the shit I want to do he's attained a level of success within EXP that you know I strive to attain but like I said he's all about like you know still doing more right mm-hmm. he's yeah, not like taking the money and running he's he's giving back he's serving the community he's serving his you know his co-workers and stuff like that he's collaborating but he's like he's all into the he's got a an ice freezer in his garage and he keeps water in it and every night overnight it freezes at the top so he just goes in he breaks it up with a hammer and he's just got and he's got a nice and he jumps right in and he plugs it <laughs> jumps, so it's like it's already made but yeah. he does it like at like 20 degrees or something so yeah. it's like fucking yeah I don't even know what temperature, but I don't Dude, think mine's 20 no degrees. No way, bro. I think mine's like sub 50, maybe, but like 20 is like a, a whole different ball. Yeah, it's a straight sure. freezer, so it's yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, you're freezing It's like in insulated there. to stay cold. Yeah, so I don't know how... I but would, yeah, there's different ways of everyone doing it. I would recommend ice baths to every single person I know. I mean, yeah. Honestly, I would say like, if you have a chance, if you have a, the ability, you know, the equipment or whatever it may be to do it, just try it. Like, for me, it started with, I didn't just jump into a bucket, you know, a tub of ice to begin with. It started with a 10-second shower. I took a hot shower, and then at the end, for the last 10 seconds, I would... I love I doing would that, do honestly. The cold. 
and you got you want to put it you know keep it yeah. on the back of your neck collarbone area um but like i'd have my wife come in and literally count down from 10 then like the next day i did 12 and then I did 15 and i got it up to where i could do like cold shower pretty easy and so i took took it to the next level and uh, started doing the ice baths for so you don't have to just jump in a you know a tub of ice to start. Yeah, you know, yeah, clearly you could work your way take up some a little steps bit. Up. <laughs> it's really a benefit for everyone. Though. That's what I kind of yeah. recommend. It. That's a like a way. Like I don't know. I'm posting a lot on Instagram now. It's like trying to actually like. That's not brand you trying it to get out some, there. Yeah, so that's it's not like, you trying to get the bitches, bro. Yeah, then I'm in the tub and you're stuff. Like, yeah, in the cold you're tub. slow mo. <laughs> <sitting down. laughs> I'm not wearing anything. Yeah, exactly. Come sit in the anything. ice bath with me, baby. It's <laughs> like you're at the beach in the hot weather. That's oh, yes, it is cold in here. Yeah, it's cold in here. Don't ask. Yes, it is. You know why I'm in here. Major shrinkage in the ice bath, bro. Facts, dude. Facts, facts. Major shrinkage. Oh man. In your stomach, but yeah, that's pretty much. So, what's your what's your guys's goal then for this year in real estate? What 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 is your what would your guys's? I guess Judd, I'll start with you. What would your goal be for this year in real estate? Well, I I mean I wrote that shit down because if you say it, you know you you say a goal that obviously has power, right? You know, you fucking write it down and it ten times the power, right? You yeah, see exactly. it every day. It's put it on your mirror, some shit. Yeah, you just put it so you you know even if you're walking by it, you like do a double take. Oh shit, I see you. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you goal. I see that goal mm-hmm. over there, right? So, my goal was to set to to um, do it one to three million dollars worth of transactions, and recruit. Uh, not recruit, but um, I was working for uh, for Brian had a scholarship. Like, um, if you come into EXP through the Culhane companies, we have something called the Excellence Academy where we'll scholarship your entire process from the schooling to your um, MLS dues to your realtor dues, right? It's all taken care of, obviously, with a commitment to, you know, remain with, with you know, EXP. That makes sense, uh, yeah. So my goal was to recruit 10 scholarships into the program this year. Uh, you know, my, like my position and the, the projects that I've been working on has kind of changed that a little bit, so now I'm gearing more towards attracting agents and not recruiting scholarships per se so my goal is to do like one to three million in production and attract five agents uh underneath me this year and you know we'll see, see where I'm it goes one yeah. Month in. yeah i'm only exactly. 30 days in so and it feels like forever but it's really not yeah i mean covid really slowed everything down so i mean testing was slowed down the ability to get a license was slowed down um you know Ability, ability to do events in person, you know, were slowed down and networking was slowed down. So yeah, COVID slowed it down, but you guys wouldn't even be here. Yeah, yeah, this shit. Be here I say that I tell them that all the time. It's like really, really without COVID ever happening, it's probably not of a. Yeah, and how yeah. how do you how motivated do you guys feel now today compared to before COVID? Like, do you guys feel like like it kind of was a blessing time. in disguise? Yeah, exactly. That's what. I'm, yeah, like a. Like, it sucks that it happened, but it's, like, it's, like, damn, I'm, like, I'm grateful that, like, this opportunity actually popped up because of this, though. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. uh, and that, like, my mindset, like, if I took myself back, like, 12 months from now, not even 12 months, like, six months, my mindset's, like, a, like, night and day type thing. Like, I just can't even put myself back in those shoes. Yeah, bro, even seeing you at work, I can't even, there's, like, even, I don't even know, like, even, like, your food habits and shit. Like, yeah. you stopped even, like. 
yeah. fucking around with your food at all. Like, yeah, it was so like, it's I like just... a, I guess a discipline thing is just, that's where it starts. Yeah. And... It's like mindset though, right? Like, if you can sit in a fucking bucket of ice for five minutes, I could not eat fries. Yeah. Right? Like, you tell, if you can do it, you can carry that shit into other parts of your life and like, draw on that discipline be like, dude, you know. Exactly. Just have a little bit more discipline, you know, and apply it. Yeah. Then I like it. So, like the benefit is like I like people to like see that. Then maybe like they could apply it to like their own lifetime thing. It doesn't even have to be necessarily like exactly what I'm doing, but whatever they're pursuing in their life, they can. They can have the intention of like better themselves yeah. in some way. Whether it's maybe start hitting the gym yourself, start. I don't know. Well, like, they can use your focus your health and, and use, use your focus as. On whatever their goals are. Yeah, so, like, I want I want to really, like, uh, brand, like, health and wellness. Like, that's my part. So, like, I want to sell, like, my lifestyle thing. So, it's not going to be just, like, I'm going to shove real estate in your face. I'm going to shove. I want, I want to provide, like, it's not just that. It's going to be, like, health and wellness. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. Living like the right way all around. Yeah, the, the right way all around. Not just one thing. So, it's like a, yeah, pretty much that. Yeah, yeah that's good. I can see that, bro. Even on IG, you push that shit. Yeah, so that's like what I want to do. Yeah, and I mean, like it. It's like uh, we talk about it a lot. It's like be your authentic self, right? Like yeah. put yourself out there. You're going to attract like energy, right? Like if you're authentic, you'll attract authentic people into your sphere. Uh, and you know, and there's you don't have to be fake, right? You could be yourself, and you take you know you, you can brand yourself and your business kind of under the same umbrella now you don't have to be like your personal page and your business page yeah exactly there's nothing wrong with that and and like because like my instagram has so many pictures in and i think i'm gonna have to create a new one but my brand is gonna merge right like health wellness real estate it's all gonna be like weaved you know be interwoven so because that's where because that's uh, who i am that's who he is right so like you don't want to represent yourself as something and then you go meet some people and you're fucking nothing like your exactly nothing yeah. like your facebook and people like, like that shit too. they want to you to be authentic yeah, exactly. yeah you are you know yeah they don't want you to be fake. authentic those are like two big words yeah. nowadays like, i was just having this conversation i don't even know with who but we we're having a conversation about how tattoos they matter mm-hmm. until you're the man and then when you're the man and you're like the like business owner, don't care it doesn't even matter yeah. at all, right? It's I got like, this one. I, you can I started be... my company and now it's like, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm my own boss now, so who cares if it's I got like you can do what you want, you know? Yeah. It, it... And there's a bunch of high-end people that have tattoos, but for some reason, I don't know, they look at you like you're... Uh, they're gonna look at you like criminal like, or some shit. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, bro. That's the crazy shit. Yeah, like so someone could sell a house and someone can't. But like, if you have tattoos, like I'm not gonna let you sell my house. Like, I don't even know what that yeah, makes sense, really. But yeah, I think that like my, that attitude about tattoos, especially in like real estate, because we'll, I'll go to things and like there'll be guys. One guy's wearing a suit, the other guy's wearing a baseball jersey and a hat, and has a billion ta- you know covered head yeah. to toe, and I don't know who's more successful. I don't know who's more influential. Like, I don't know who's more respected. Exactly. You know, I don't just assume the guy in the suit who looks like <laughs> Mikey. Like, it's like a stereotype. Yeah, because in real estate, is. like, you know, again, we all work for ourselves. We're independent contractors. You can be the, you know, shorts and flip-flop agent if you want, as long as you're a good agent. Yeah. Right? There's nobody above you telling you there's a dress code or, you know, hours you got to show up to work. And, mm-hmm. That's um, the beauty of it. Yeah, it's... 
You guys are can completely be yourself. Wake up on your own time, go to sleep on your own time. <laughs> it's all on you, bro. That's, that's beautiful. The yeah. commission, the commission thing's beautiful because it's on how hard you grind. You know, it's on you getting jobs and getting houses. Yeah. And, yeah. Pretty much at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it's exp is a it's an industry disruptor, and it's it's like hard for people to see right or accept what they're doing. It's like you know, uh, Circuit City turned into Amazon, Blockbuster turned into Netflix, and there was like there was a lot of resistance along the way. People wanted their videos, and they wanted to go to the store and get their box candy, and exactly. you know, I'm not giving my credit card over the internet, and you know. And paying for some service, you know, there was all of that resistance. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so, and uh, the real estate game is one of the last ones that I feel like hasn't been changed in forever. Yeah, it's like, like, it's a, it's been, like everything's modern, in. old. And yeah, that's where like the comparison they make is like a, it's transitioning to a new age of everything's technology. Yeah, and that's what that's what made it pop was the COVID thing. You don't have to be in person. In your office at a brokerage or something, you could literally go hop on a meeting on your computer and you're not near no one, I guess. But that's what like really blew up the company was like during this whole yeah stage. Well, they were already working towards the virtual. And there's yeah. a lot of cool shit about EXP that doesn't really even get talked about. Like there's an you have an exit strategy as a real estate agent, right? Like if you go work for the red company, whatever. Okay, or another big brokerage. Yeah. You buy and sell houses. You have to buy and sell enough houses to make the commissions. When you leave, you have enough money to retire on. Which means you're buying and selling houses until you're 80 years old. Because it's hard to, right, save, it's hard to save and whatever. So the exit strategy for most brokerages, and when you want, if you want to retire from being a real estate agent, is you got to buy and sell a shit ton of houses. Yeah. Make a shit ton of money so you have a lot saved up. EXP offers an exit strategy out. Because you can buy and sell enough houses to accumulate a good, you know, your savings, accumulate a good amount of wealth. Uh, you've, you know, you've made the equity. You've gotten some stock in the company. But when you leave, you don't stop making money. Because you still have people you sponsor. Mm. So all those people, and the revenue share model goes down seven tiers. So if I attract Seth, who's my first line, attracts you, now you're in my second. You attract somebody, they're in my third. They all the way down somebody, to seven. All the way down to seven. And I'm not, I don't know the exact percentages, but you know they range from you know one percent to four and a half, five percent. It's like three in, in two the and tiers. So the exit strategy is be a really good real estate agent, right? Attract a lot of other really good real estate agents. So in 20 years. You have hundreds of people in your downline now yeah. that are creating passive income. So your income doesn't go away when you stop buying and selling houses. And on top of that, all that passive income can now be willed to your to a, a child. So whereas like when you know, in the future really? in the future when you leave You can just go to your, your kids son. lose your income. They yeah. Don't, they don't just like your boss isn't gonna keep paying them because you are a good dude. You, wow. you pass, your income goes away. With this revenue stream, as long as you build up your passive income, you can actually will that so the passive income continues to go to your children, which is like, it's it's amazing, right? It gives you not only that's kind of mind blowing an exit strategy, but peace of mind, right? Yeah. That your family is going to have income, your kids. 
Yeah, it's almost like a life insurance. A exactly. life insurance. And yeah. it's in perpetuity. It never ends. It yeah, doesn't exactly. go away when anybody reaches a certain age. It goes away when they stop selling houses. But if you have hundreds wow. of people... How do you guys feel personally about the housing market in California? It's pretty much like everywhere, but like uh, California sucks in general with uh, the... Prices are yeah. What the fuck? Extremely yeah, high. Yeah, man. Like I want to buy a house. Extremely high pricing dude. and like Stupid. low interest rates is like the <laughs> the thing right now. Because I know a couple of people that actually bought houses like at the beginning. Do you so, think there will be any sort of crash or adjustments? I think the, the, yeah. towards the end of the year, my guess is like when the unemployment shit stops. Not even the end of the year, but like coming soon is like when the. Mm. Unemployment stops and people start getting these uh, aids of money. Then they're like back up. They're back, backed up on their payments, and like a lot of houses are gonna go into foreclosure. That makes sense, yeah. yeah, so it's like where, because the houses thing is like super low inventory. There's no houses to give away. It's only the people that want to sell their house pretty much at this point. I mean, there is houses, but they're selling like on an average of like a week or two on the market. Yeah, immediately so, when they get put on. Yeah, the market, they're they're, they're getting bought. So that's like the thing is like people are selling their houses for profit, but uh-huh. eventually it's gonna have to come down gradually, and it's gonna be more of a buyer's market where people can start settling yeah. in again. I guess, but yeah, it's extremely was, high right now. Remember, like people were doing mortgage for forbearance, like the part of COVID, like the government and their relief bills and all that they gave mortgage forbearance which means basically like if if you own a home you can delay your payment you can just like i'm not going to pay june just add it on to the end of my mortgage yeah so a lot of people have you know didn't pay their mortgages and and they basically haven't reduced their loans um now the the home values have gone up but i think that's going to correct itself like at a certain point Nobody like nobody's gonna be paying five hundred grand for a house that a year ago was was like three hundred grand. Exactly. Or like nobody's gonna be paying three hundred for a house that was like one fifty. You know, like yeah, they I bought it at an extremely high price, and it's like like I was looking at Yucca, and that was like un, like there's nice houses under two hundred grand, and now you can't find anything nice anything, man. under no, like two hundred fifty grand, like at all. Yeah, like, I just did a like a, um, a market analysis for a friend of mine. Because in 2009, he or he was in a bad accident, I think in like 2008, got a you know good sum of money, and that's when the market crashed from the subprime mortgage cri- yeah. crisis and all that. So he bought his house for cash for 160 grand. No shit. I just did a market analysis that's on that. Fucking I, wild. I think he can get close to 350. So he can sell it. He for can 350. Almost get 200 grand in his pocket. Take 300 grand, go buy a new house for cash. Still not have a mortgage and pocket fifty. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because he he paid it. Yeah, he paid cash. So he'd get all that shit. He could just pay pay cash for. He can upgrade a little bit, but the problem is, is like, the houses that he could get for three hundred grand are they're now selling for five hundred grand. Yeah, so it's like a so yeah, it's kind of a double edged sword. Right, you could sell your house and make money, but where are you going to move? You're going to (laughs) move to clearly a shittier house, probably. Yeah, Yeah, or back home. Like until something hey, happens. Until you find something, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Rack up some more money or something. Yeah, the market will correct itself at some point. I just like I live in the Cove, um, and a house down the street from us, and that was because we have the ability to go and see what homes are worth, right? Like what they were worth a year ago or what they sold for last. Like this house is listed at four ninety nine, five hundred grand, <laughs> at the bottom of the Cove, 
and the last person to buy it spent two twenty five. Jesus Christ! They're man. trying to you know more than double the money. Yeah, and they pro- they might get it. <laughs> yeah, and they not, probably will sell it. Dude, they might not get. They might get it. They might get somebody who comes in with cash offer. <laughs> right, like just trying to buy the and property. waves all the contingencies, so they're just like, yeah, I just want your house. Here's the cash. How does that work like, when people get in a bidding war and they pay over asking? Oh, I insane. never get that. How does that work? It's like the they buy- literally are just like, I'm just willing to pay over what you guys are asking. Like we'll just pay. I like the and house. You don't that even much. know what the other competing bids are, right? Like you just you're a buyer's agent and say you want you know you want that house down the street. You submit an offer, and as a as the agent. I have to, you know, re- you know, recommend my, to my client that, listen, this is a multiple offer situation. If we're gonna get the house, we have to come in over asking. You know, what are you comfortable with? Uh, you know, where, wh- what are you, you know, first of all, what are you approved for? What are you comfortable with? You know, what do we really think the house is worth before we go too high? So there's a lot of adjusting, but essentially, it's like the agent's responsibility to let the buyer know that this is a, gonna be a multiple offer situation. And, you know, you don't want to come in with a less than serious offer. Mm-hmm. You have to come in serious gotcha. like ready to buy now. Because they're clearly not going to... There's no back and forth. There's no counteroffer because yeah. there's going to be 19 other offers that, you know... They 10, can take an offer. There's going to be an offer. 10 might be better than yours. So, you know, you have to do things like write a letter uh, to the listing agent, like a sob story type letter, you know, let them personalize you as a buyer. And not just look at you as an offer. Uh, people are waiting. And does that change people a lot? Does that make an offer like seem I've heard more? Stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard some pretty high-end listing agents tell me that it was a letter that ultimately got them to push an offer through. Got you. You know, but still, it's not like they're just going off the letter. The money side is still there. It's too. clearly business. Yeah, yeah. you know, because they have a fiduciary duty. They have to be loyal, honest. You know, to their client. Uh, 100%. Like, they can't just take, you know, a letter because it hit them in the heart when there's a better offer that might also have a letter, you know. So, I mean, people are doing crazy shit just to buy homes. And there was that lady that came to her work. She was an agent, and she said that, mm-hmm. like, she was uh, showing a house. Or she had a, she was listing a house, and there was, like, 20 people wanting uh, 20 offers. And there was people that were... Uh, just like they've never even visited or stepped foot in the property, but they were shooting their cash offers that were like Jesus. way over the property. So they never even seeing it. Yeah, not even seeing it. Yeah, seeing it. They, over they, asking. yeah, they've seen some pictures and stuff, and they're just submitting their money. Like, like, yeah, like I want to buy this house. It's almost like people feel like there's oil under homes, right? Like it feels like. Yeah, I don't understand what happened. Like they're gonna start digging for oil. Like, I want to buy it. I, I don't understand it. how we got into pandemic and then the housing market took off. Like, I don't understand. It doesn't, it's like not clicking in my head. That's what I'm trying to figure out It's kind of funky. Well, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. You know, like, it's like, I definitely can't explain it 100%, but I know some of the factors were like cheap money, right? So like people who do have a lot of money can add to the real estate portfolio, right? So like, even if you buy a house for 100000 more than it's worth, then you're going to turn it into an investment property, like they're going to Airbnb it, or you're yeah. going to rent it out 12 months a year. You're putting an asset under your umbrella, so you're you're adding to your to your portfolio. You're increasing your cash flow, and okay, so the house you won't be able to sell it maybe for as much as you bought it for, but that you know that's not the point. You just want to generate the cash flow. You have an additional asset, and then more than that, you know the tax benefits you get from owning real estate are insane. So. A lot of people who buying houses are using that to offset their businesses, mm-hmm. right? But it's not a loss. 
just because they're overpaying for a house doesn't mean it's a loss. They haven't realized the loss yet. When they sell it, they'll realize it a little bit, maybe. But in the meantime, Not they now. might be making you know millions of dollars in their main business, and they can use this property to offset the taxes. Yeah, so, that's true. And like, uh, so that's happening. Um, but then you have like a massive population migration. People are leaving big cities. People are leaving like homeless populated areas. That's how I feel. I think the valley's gonna just explode, or like Yucca well, now that I think it's gonna explode well, as well. But speaking of that, like now that Coachella's coming back, it's gonna be like a yeah. Everyone's gonna flood here again. The everything. I don't know the hotels. Like, everything's gonna been rise to LA? again. I don't know if you guys have been to LA. I, I go Not to LA maybe. like every couple weeks probably, and. Uh, it's bad, dude. It's bad. Like, it's homeless. Homeless people everywhere. Like, literally every street you see tents. Like, it's not even, like, an exaggeration. Like, it is every street. On the freeways, there's tents San everywhere. Diego's getting bad, too. Yeah. I went down there, the like, we were there. I don't even know what we were there for, but, like, I was just going to get coffee in the morning. My wife sleeps late. Just go downstairs. Walk out. And there's, like, dude smoking crack on the street. I'm not joking. Like, yeah. Sm- I'm like, what's that smell? I can smell something. <laughs> Walk get closer, and there's, like, dudes are... In the middle of the day on a busy street, like businesses are open. I was just like, Yeah, that's the craziest gross, shit. Man. Is there's a high rise, you know, like you're in downtown LA, there's high rises everywhere, and there's a tent right there next to the high rise. And you're like, Jesus, these people have millions of dollars, and then there's a homeless person right outside yeah, the fucking it's just all like, over their bills. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the craziest thing to me. Yeah, so I mean, that has a lot to do with it. I think like you're seeing places like Arizona, Texas. I think it's their like, populations are going up. Yeah, they're leaving from California. Then I know like New York, people from New York are going to Florida. Florida. Uh, so it's like uh, those are like the two big ones. It's like people are actually what they say is like the first time in people. Actually, I don't know how many years that the population in California actually went down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it actually went down, and they're going to Texas and Arizona, like you said. Then like New York's going to Florida. Well, what tells you that is we lost a whatever a, a seat or whatever in the yeah. house. So yeah, the that census. clearly tells you, yeah, that we've. Yeah, we have went down a little bit. Less people, so we lost a like a state congress person. Yeah, I don't know how much it matters or whatever. But yeah, that's fine by me. Less California politicians. I know, right? Jesus Christ, <laughs> man! I don't know if it's a bad thing either. It might be a little bit. Of we good. need to lose a few more chairs, so let's. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's one guy I've been following. Well, so like, a lot of YouTubers became famous because of the uh, pandemic, like because they were like giving it, uh, information about like. For me as a business owner, like how I can get money, what I should be doing to, you know, to get access to some of this yeah. money and whatever. So I would watch these guys religiously. And one of those guys is now running for governor. And you know, Really? Yeah, because they did the recall new something, actually went through. So there's going to be a vote for uh-huh. the governor of California. And I'm going to vote for him. He's Caitlyn a- Jenner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, Caitlyn doesn't get my vote. And uh, uh, never heard of that guy, though, but. Yeah, man. Interesting. Jenner, yeah. Ice bass. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good it's episode. Solid. I think we're already past an hour, so I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. Probably like an hour, fifteen minutes. So if people could find you if they want to reach out to you guys, where where do they find you, Judd? Where do they find you on social media? You uh, got social media, Instagram, Judd Fox twenty three. Uh, you can look up Judd Fox J U D D F O X on Facebook. Um, if you're interested in a career in, career in real estate, you can hit me up on my cell. Uh, 760-851-9097 my email judd.fox at exprealty.com and uh, yeah if you're interested in the conversation just want to 
plant a seed or just hit me up for some information, uh, reach out. They got me super interested saying that the uh, it passes down to your kids. To Dude, this is this company's changing the lives for a lot. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah, they're they're for sure. They're, they're doing some cool shit. How do they reach you, bro? Seth Morales on everything. <laughs> Seth Morales on everything. Then oh, you can find man. me. I'll have him tag my. Oh, your shit. Put your stuff in the <laughs> the bio or the information box. Might be a little easier, but I got you. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Episode eighty two. We're out of here. Pretty good. Man. Later. Later. Bar. How long do we go?